Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino, we recap OU's win over Oregon in the Alamo Bowl. That's it. Please download it and subscribe to the podcast. Ready five stars and write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man, Michael Hosty, will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Thursday, December 30th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and your health and safety are Riverwind's number one priorities. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including blackjack, blackjack match, roulette, and Teddy's favorite craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And Fridays in January from 6 p.m. to midnight, you can win your share of $80,000 in cash and bonus play in Riverwind's $80,000 rockin' and reelin' giveaway. Drawings are every 30 minutes, and grand prize winners will be selected at 11.59. If you need help finding your way, just visit Riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, still the one. Now, we're recording this at 2.33 in the morning on Thursday morning after the Alamo Bowl, and we've had a, uh, we've had a bit of an issue, Ted. Yeah. I'd say so. There's been there's been some some issues. I rode in the back of a brand new Jeep Wagoneer back to the hotel because T Row locked his keys in his car. Yep. So the audio on Teddy's side may not be as good as it normally is, but it's late and we're gonna get this thing done. So you know, I we apologize, but not really. I, I guess we start with just how cool it was seeing Bob Stoops on the sideline, man. That was, that was a, it was a really fun experience for all the players. It was a really fun experience. I think for a lot of these, these coaches and Bob was having fun, man. And all, all week he had, he'd kept things light, but, uh, and you were able to go to the practices, Ted, he, when it was time to work, 
that this team and that stuff, they were working. And, and Bob Stoops, he wanted to win this football game. And it was, it was so cool to see him patrolling the sideline with the visor on one more time. And that, that was awesome. No, it was so cool. It was fun, man. Um, just to, to see Coach Stoops over there back in his element. And, and he said, like, he, he, he had fun. It was, he was right back into it. He's used to it. So it was really cool to see that, you know, throughout the whole game. He was locked in halftime. You know, they put out a really good first half. And like going at halftime and you were there and it, it was uh, – they weren't letting up coming out uh, to start off the second half. But, man, I thought maybe the, the coolest part of the night and maybe the coolest part of the season – and gosh, one of the coolest things I've ever seen was when Coach Stoops called Venables up there and took his visor off and, and put it on Coach V's head. That was that was awesome. Uh, the the ceremonial passing of the visor, if you will, that is that's something I I'm gonna remember for a long time. <laughs> I love well, maybe the best part about it, and I don't know if they showed it on TV or not, but he called Venables to come up on the stage and Venables was about as far away from the stage as he could be and had to like jog and weave his way through the mass of people. Like it, it didn't happen quickly, which made it kind of hilarious. But once he got up there, I, I thought that that was, that was a cool moment and that it kind of represents just what Bob has done this last month for this program, like he, he's made it clear. It's, it's not about him. It's about the program. And in that moment where a lot of people would have really just wanted to enjoy the spotlight themselves, he called, he called coach V up. And I thought that, I thought that was a really cool moment and it was classy as hell, Bob. Yep. Nope. And you wouldn't expect anything else. Um, you know, he, he got up there, he said his piece really quickly and said, Hey, let me show you where we're headed and let's give it up to this guy. He's going to take us in, in the right direction and the best is yet to come. Awesome stuff. Yeah. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the game and you look at what OU did offensively. Uh, first of all, uh, I, I thought Kale Gundy called a hell of a football game, right? And he, he really – and we've talked about how invested this offensive staff was in putting together this game plan and making it a collaborative effort with all of them having input and being able to develop something that they were all really comfortable with and that the players were really comfortable with. And man, that's what it looked like tonight. Other than that first drive, right? Where, Things looked a little, just a little off schedule. I don't know if the guys were a little too wound up or what happened, you know, when they went three and out initially. But other than that, they just kind of moved the ball at will against Oregon's defense. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
they did. I thought the offensive line played great. Uh, they were blowing guys off the football. You know, uh, one of the things that we talked about all season is where's that attitude? Where's that that nastiness that this group has played with in the past? And they showed quite a bit of that. Uh, I thought it was great. We saw saw some really good zone schemes in the running game. Uh, Kennedy Brooks was a beast, man. He his patience and his his vision and the ability to set up you know, his blocks and, and let those guys get out in front and and do work was was just awesome. I thought the H-backs had a really good night. I thought Jeremiah Hall had a really good night blocking. There was one where he was uh, he was blocking a safety for about 30 yards down the field on one of those long runs. So uh, all in all, really good night offensively. And, you know, I, we, we talked about it. We knew it was going to come, some, some RPO stuff and some more deep shots down the field. And we saw that big one to Mims. And uh, had a couple of other opportunities. So, yeah, I thought Coach Gundy called the heck of a game, man. It was awesome. That that throw to Mims, it, it was – and you even kind of were sensing it on, on the radio broadcast. Yeah, in fact, I think you said it right before they took the big shot down the field to Mims, that it felt like they had really just started to pound them with that running game. And uh, eventually the – Oklahoma's offense was going to take a big shot down the field. And right after you said that, that's exactly what happened. But there, there is a play we got to talk about because I was just all kinds of pissed off because the rule is stupid. I mean, I mean, it's stupid because Mario Williams makes maybe the best catch of his OU career, right? A guy rips his helmet off. He keeps his balance and runs for a touchdown. And Listen, I understand the player safety component of the rule. Like, I, I get it. Uh, we all remember the Jason Witten play, right? Like, that's – but the, I understand the rule. You want to protect guys. But when the guy is running unabated for a touchdown, the defense should not be rewarded for ripping his helmet off his head. It, it's can – we, can we use some common sense when it comes to the application of the rule? Because that's dumb as hell. I mean, it, I was, it, I was so annoyed by it because the defense got rewarded for a penalty. Like it makes no sense. Yeah, no, it is. It's frustrating. There, like the rule is. I, I guess the rule makes sense, in my opinion. Personally, and people may disagree with this. If a guy gets his helmet ripped off and he's not down, he's still up. He, If he wants to continue to run, he should be able to continue to run. If he feels unsafe and wants to give himself up, he should be able to give himself up. But I, I'm all about the discretion of the player. I, if, if he wants to continue to play while his helmet's off, let's go. Let's do it. I mean, or, or, like, what are we doing? How many, how many times have we seen in the history of football – or at least in the recent history of football, where that scenario has gotten someone seriously hurt. I just can't think of it. I and mean, maybe it's happened, but I can't think of one. So I, I, I leave it up to the, the discretion of the players. And if you don't want to do that, leave it up to the discretion of the referee. I, on a play like that where no one else is anywhere close and the result is an easy walk-in touchdown, well, I, I think you should be able to reward that touchdown. No, I'm with you. And, you know, look, looking at some of the skill guys that I thought played well, 
man, you you look at Marvin Mims and kind of the, the year it's been for him. I, I was really I was really glad to see him get that big play on the touchdown. Also had a really nice punt return in, in the special teams phase of the game. I I liked what I saw from Eric Gray, and he was really close on some of those plays where it was clear they were they wanted to get him the ball early in this football game. And finally, as the game progressed, ripped off that big, I think it was about a 48-yard run, and then ended up catching the touchdown there from Caleb Williams to cap off that drive. And I believe that made it a like 37-11 to 11 lead. And it just – it was nice to see some of these guys who it feels like have been close all year, Ted, finally make some big plays. And Farouk also, I mean – Hell yeah, that guy looked fantastic as well. Yeah, he did. And, you know, it's it's interesting for some of these young guys now, you know, they're, they're hitting a point where they've got a good feeling of the offense, they've got a good feeling of, like, how to practice, how to prepare. You know, it's a process to getting up to speed in college football. And, you know, you can see some big jumps from freshmen throughout the season. And I think we saw that, like, he kind of burst onto the scene. It's like, this this dude's gonna have some force in the future. I liked what I saw from him a lot, and I agree on Eric Gray, man. Uh, there was a effort to continue to get him the football, and I think Toby said he ended up with thirteen touches or so, which is awesome. You know, we had seen times throughout the season where Lincoln, you know, would would give him a couple of opportunities and then go away from it. Well, they didn't go away from it, and. It, it turned out being a really nice night for him, both on the ground and catching some passes. I, I thought he had a nice night. Yeah, I was I was really impressed. But Kennedy Brooks just I, – I felt like the entire night, the first guy never got him on the ground. And that's how a lot of those things are designed, right? You, you look at him getting, you know, whether it was a corner crack replacing or one-on-one with a backer in space or – safety in space like the first guy never got him down and that's why he was the MVP of the game I mean he was he was about as good as I can remember him ever being and I I don't know what he's thinking when it comes to coming back next season but if he does and this is something we talked about on the broadcast like he has the opportunity to be the all-time leading rusher in the history of Oklahoma football, which is just, I mean, that's thats clearly a hell of an accomplishment with the players that have played that position at OU. But I thought that's about as good as he's looked in an OU uniform. I thought he was awesome. No, he was he was, <laughs> he, he was great. And I, I don't know, you probably heard me on the broadcast a couple of times. All I could do is just laugh. Because like, I knew it was coming, uh, he'd have that little little bit of a delay he has. Just a, it's a little stutter, and it and it just gives that extra count for those those blockers to get out in front and for a hole to open up, and then he goes straight downhill, and the the defenders don't have a chance tackling him once he get, gets going vertical and gives him one little move. He's able to step through so many tackles, uh, showed some great speed, held on to the football. Um, yeah, he's. I don't know, just by rough count, he's probably somewhere around 820, 815 yards away from being OU's all-time leading rusher. That's that's tremendous. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Caleb Williams. But first, 
The only place to stop when you're road tripping is Love's Travel Stops. Love's has over 560 locations in 41 states, offering 24-hour access to clean and safe places. Whatever your road trip needs are, Love's has it. Fuel, fresh food, all the snacks and drinks, including my favorite, Java Amore. That coffee is fantastic. Love's also has you covered if you forget your phone charger or headphones. They've expanded their mobile-to-go zone so you can grab any of that stuff there. Make sure you download the Loves Connect app for exclusive offers from today's most popular brands. The Loves Connect app also includes a route planner and store locator. When you see that red neon heart on the highway, stop in and say hi at Loves Travel Stops. For a full list of what Loves has to offer, visit loves.com and make sure you bank at First Fidelity Bank. First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma, tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs, checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank also provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank at First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information. And Opolis Clothing has the coolest OU shirts. Their shirts look great. They're buttery soft and they last forever. Their shirts are the best. Opolis also has great OKC Thunder gear. Go to opolisclothing.com, that's O-P-O-L-I-S clothing.com, and use promo code TED, T-E-D, for 15% off your entire order. That's opolisclothing.com, and use promo code TED for 15% off. Okay. Thought Caleb Williams played really well, right? It, it seemed to me like it was the most in control I had seen him be like he he looked very comfortable with what they were doing offensively, and you look at some of his best throws in the game, right? I, I thought the the touchdown on the corner out to Drake Stoops that was a beautiful throw. Clearly, the the deep ball to Marvin Mims. There's there's not many guys in college football that can make that throw. Uh, the one to Eric Gray for the third touchdown. Um, Maybe you could say he was probably a little late with that throw, but still, when he saw it, he let that thing rip. And I thought the coaching staff did a really good job of working with him, making sure he was comfortable with what they were doing with this game plan, Ted. And he played really well. He played really well and used his legs when he needed to. They didn't do a ton of the QB run game stuff, but he he was composed and did a nice job. Did a nice job, and certainly the way that the Sooners ran the ball in this game against Oregon, that that helped everything, made his life a lot better. But overall, thought it was a solid performance from 13. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, he did a really good job early. Uh, you know, when it, there was a couple of, of guys that got through in some pass protection things, and uh, he made guys miss there in the backfield and was able to get out and either get the ball downfield or – uh, scramble and pick up a first down uh, and I, I thought you know the best thing of the night was that deep ball to Mims um, is a big time throw and that he struggled with that this season his deep ball just it hasn't really been good it's it's been a little off he's he's 
missed some guys. He's overthrown them. And he's also underthrown some guys to where they had to stop and wait on it. Still had some good results with some of those plays, but it wasn't the hit the guy in stride. And, boy, he laid it right out there perfectly for Mims on that one. I thought that was excellent. Um, I thought his decision-making was good. You know, he even tried to throw a couple of guys back shoulder, it looked like, and they weren't able to track the ball down, whether it was the lights in there or something. It was kind of weird, but you could see him running over to guys and say, come find me. I'm, I'm trying to get it to your back shoulder. But, no, I thought he was clean. I thought he was efficient. Um, no balls in jeopardy of, of being intercepted. Uh, he, he shows why he's, he's, you know, the sky's the limit with his ability. Yeah, I guess, you know, the one – the one play where he he put the ball in harm's way, so to speak, was when he, he ran it. It was really weird. And Kennedy Brooks kind of got like got pushed in the backfield and the he ended up fumbling and the ball was just laying on the right. on the turf for it felt like forever, but he was able to get back on it and, and avoid the turnover. But now the question becomes what's next for him? And he was rocking the cowboy hat. By the way, the celebratory cowboy hat was just hilarious all night. It was it was really fun. And that was, from what I understand, Coach Stoops told us that that's something that they gave him. And he was like, what am I going to do with this hat? And they turned it into like the uh, big play hat. I don't know. It was it was silly, but the guys were, were having a really good time with it. But Caleb Williams was rocking it in the uh, post-game presser, which was, I was glad a lot of people finally got to hear him uh, speak to the media for the first time. It's, it's clear the young man can handle it, that's for sure. But he did, he kind of avoided the questions about whether or not he is going to be back at Oklahoma. And Ted, you and I, we've, we've been down in San Antonio for a while uh, with, you know, we're staying at the team hotel and we're talking to coaches and we'd been talking to players and man, I don't know it. I'll say this. I haven't had one person say, yeah, he's definitely coming back. I mean, not one person I've talked to about it this week has said that. So there, there seems to be quite a bit of doubt, right? Or at least that's, that's kind of, kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. And I, I'm frustrated by it. You know, I I don't I don't like. I mean, this is this type of stuff just doesn't. I mean, I get it's kind of the new way of doing things, I, and I understand. And and this is this is an old take by me, but it I I feel like it's it's one of those things where you, you kind of end up in one way or another, kind of holding it, the team hostage about like what's going to happen. And I mean. There's not going to be any new information between now and whenever that decision is going to be made. So, I, I'm frustrated by it. Um, I'll say this though, and, and I, I I think he is an excellent player, and I think he's got the the chance to be the best quarterback in all of college football next year. But I also think that Oklahoma is going to be just fine if he goes somewhere else. I do. I think we're going to be fine. Um, you know, whenever we've, we've had all this talk about the program's bigger than one man, well, it's bigger than one quarterback, too. Um, would it benefit us if he was here? Yeah, I think it would. But I still think we're going to be okay without him uh, if, he, if he does go elsewhere. So um, I hope he's here. 
but I don't like I don't like the process. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I, I'm with you on that, and it it would have been nice for at least one person to say that he was for sure coming back. That that would have been that would have been nice to hear, but that's just not the case. Ted, I have good news. Your stuff has arrived, so we're going to take a break right here, and we're going to get some better audio quality. How's that sound, baby? Yes. All right, we're back. Ted's got a headset. Sounds way better. Um, <laughs> if, if you'd like to send any formal complaints about Ted's audio quality uh, the first 20 minutes or so, you can send those to Toby Rowland, <laughs> who locked his keys in his car. That I, I Honestly, I didn't even know you could still do that with modern yeah. car technology. I, I just, I'm not mad. Okay. No, I was, I, I hand, we handled it. Well, it seems like a poor loophole that you can open the lift gate of your Tahoe, put your bag into the back, shut the lift gate and the car still be locked. That seems like a poor, um, like nay, that's not right. And yet, I've almost done that before. Yet it uh, it happened to us tonight, and I'm sorry. I uh, I'm sorry that the start sounds so bad, people. I apologize. I but it is what it is. It's it's really late. I'm not. We're not starting over. I'm sorry. Okay. Last stuff on Caleb Williams. You look at you look at this possibly being his last game as an Oklahoma Sooner. And it's weird to think about it that way, but you know, just from everything we've heard this week and uh, Brent Venables is certainly trying his best, right? I mean, he got up on stage and I don't think it was any accident that he said what he said about Caleb Williams leading the offense, moving forward, you know, moving forward with this program with, with Caleb Williams leading stuff. Uh, I thought that was, that was pretty savvy by Brent Venables, man, but I just, I was not encouraged by a lot of the things that I heard, but uh, clearly he's he's got a decision to make, and it's a weird situation with you know that we're just not used to with all the success that OU quarterbacks have had here recently. Yeah, I, and that's the thing that I keep coming back to is where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? And I know Lincoln Riley is not here, but. You know, we had two Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks before Lincoln Riley showed up. And we're going to have Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks in the future without Lincoln Riley. So, like, I don't know where you're going to go. There's, there's, there's not, there's, there's, there's not very many destinations out there, in my opinion, that are even close to Oklahoma right now. I think Oklahoma is poised to, to have their next run at, at dominance. Right. All right. Let's talk about the defense. But first, concussions are a part of football, Ted. They don't have to be a part of your pool party. Nip the slip with Soft Rock's rubber safety surfacing and spend more time enjoying your outdoor parties and less time worrying about a slip and fall on your pool deck. Soft Rock of OKC specializes in customized, slip-resistant decorative rubber surfacing for your pool decks, patios, walkways, and gym floors. Local business owners Heidi and Cody Clark at Soft Rock of OKC are ready to help you prevent that next slip. Visit softrock.com slash OKC. That's S-O-F-T-R-O-C dot com slash OKC for more information. 
The Clarks also own the Driveway Company. The Driveway Company has tailored solutions to eliminate all of your driveway problems. They can repair cracks, clean and seal your rotting grass field joints to prevent water damage, ultimately saving you thousands of dollars in future repairs. Visit thedrivewaycompany.com slash OKC for all of your driveway repair needs. Learn more about the Soft Rock and the Driveway Company by visiting their Facebook and Instagram pages or by calling 405-294-9834. And send your kids to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence. With a 12-to-1 student-to-teacher ratio, no student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis' college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. There are numerous clubs and organizations for students to join. And as a proud member of the OSSAA, there are 14 sports offered. By the way, two McGinnis guys played in the Alamo Bowl. No big deal. No big deal. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. And guys, winter's here, but the weather doesn't matter because it's always hard seltzer season, and there's only one hard seltzer that we drink on this podcast, and that is Sonic Hard Seltzer from Coop Works. It's perfect for any occasion. We drink in the hot tub, by the fire, and at the tailgate. You can buy 12 packs of the iconic Sonic Drive-In flavors like Cherry Limeade and Ocean Water, or you can grab a citrus variety pack or a tropical variety pack. Find it at your local grocery, convenience, and liquor stores. Okay. How cool was it to see Brian Odom calling the defense? Right, he's he's one of your closest friends. And should we start with? Let's start with the positive stuff. Let's start with how the first half went defensively, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Because I I thought, you know, they got rocked on their heels a little bit right out of the gate, and then they settled in really good. Um, you know, gave up that that field goal, but then. Defensive line settled in, started doing a little bit better against the run. I thought the back end was locked in pretty good. We were getting some decent pressure on Anthony Brown. I thought we tackled well out on the perimeter at the corner and at the safety spots. Um, there was a couple of things with the backers, but I thought the run fits for the for the most part were were pretty good. Um, you know, I, I I thought that there was some really good stuff. We we had some guys rotating through on the defensive line that ended up doing a pretty good job. Um, you know, it's not an easy spot to be in, but thought those guys handled it nicely. Pat Fields ends up being named the defensive MVP of the game. And I, I, I was so surprised by that. And I don't like, I realized he led the team in tackles, but normally like a defensive MVP makes some sort of like game altering player. Like it's a big sack, big interception, something that it's like, Oh no, pet fields just kind of did his job, racked up some tackles and got a nice trophy out of it. I thought that, that uh, I thought that kind of, that was kind of uh, indicative of his career at Oklahoma, where he was a guy that, you know, maybe he didn't have the big splashy plays all the time, but it was just kind of consistent, man, and you you knew what you were going to get from him. Nope, no doubt about it. Um, and I thought I thought he did play a nice game. Um, I thought that pass interference call. I only saw the one replay of it from the back end, kind of end zone shot, and it didn't look like pass interference to me. That was uh, bullshit. And, yeah, maybe they reviewed it a couple more times or played it a few more times on TV, and there was some more contact there. I didn't, I never got a great look at it in live action. I thought it was, I thought it was pass interference, but when I saw that, 
that first replay from that different angle, I was like, I don't, I don't think so. But other than that, he was sharp. I, I, I thought he did good things. Uh, obviously had a good uh, game tackling, clean game tackling. And, you know, and, you know, back to Odom, I thought he called a great game. I thought there was uh, some really good things that they did. Some of the, the drop eight stuff I thought was nice. Um, they had some cool pressure, uh, pressure packages where they were showing that double A gap pressure, which I'm a massive fan of. Um, I thought they adjusted really well to some of this, uh, the run game stuff that Oregon does that can be pretty intricate, some unbalanced stuff, some X off stuff with motion across the formation. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on there and to get like your, your front seven engaged and prepared for that. Whenever you're missing most of your high production guys thought was excellent. I thought he did a great job. Um, I thought he did a great job, not just tonight, uh, calling the defense, but as a linebacker cut coach at Oklahoma with, with a lot of the details and, and different things that he brought to that room. So loved having him here. I wish he was staying, but hopefully we get him back in a couple of years. Okay. I, I think that anyone that watched this game was, was really pleased. Like any OU fan that watched this game was really pleased with what it looked like in the first half defensively. And then the second half happened. Did, did the corners just not want to cover people? Like DJ Graham got run by, I've what, three, four times. There was that weird play where Oregon's wide receiver just, the ball landed right next to him. And he just didn't try to catch it. I don't know if he lost it in the lights or what. Like, I don't know, but it, that second half, just so many big explosive plays in the vertical passing game for for Oregon. I mean, what went wrong? Uh, which, by the way, if he catches that ball, it's probably a different ball game. You know, um, I don't know what was going on there. I, I, I think DJ Graham's faster than that. I, I don't know. I don't know if he got to where he was guessing, you know, whenever you're a deep third player at corner, it, it can be a tough ask, right? In, you know, you're giving a cushion, you're either you start lined up on the guy and you bail on the snap or right before the snap, or you align with the cushion and be ready to drive forward on a play. You're responsible for the deep third of the field, but that go ball is yours and yours alone, and you're not going to get any help on it. And I, I, I don't know. I don't know if he was just risking it too much and not giving himself enough cushion. I don't know what it was, but it looked like he didn't have the speed to be able to, to keep up and just got flat run by. Um, and I know he's faster than that. And I, I don't know. I, I wish I had an answer as to what went down there, but once Oregon found that and saw it and is like, we're going to be able to run by these guys, they took, took advantage of it. And, you know, later in the game, we had to switch it up and, and start doing some different things. But, you know, luckily we had built in a lead because, you know, some of the other coverages that we ended up running left us a little, left us a little more susceptible to some of the run game uh, in the interior. So um, that was that was interesting. That was that was not a good look there in the second half. I mean, the first half we were good. The third quarter, frankly, was whenever we gave up the bulk of the yardage in that game, and I don't know what it ended up being, but they ended up with nearly 500 yards, and uh, a lot of that had to have come in that third quarter. 
Yeah, and the one I actually talked to Odom about the one with uh, Woody Washington. It w- and this is something that has happened throughout the year, and you you've brought it up multiple times is the guys in the back end not communicating the motions properly, right? When when a guy motions across the formation and you're in one coverage, when that guy motions across, it changes a whole lot and. It sounds like Woody Washington thought he had safety, uh, a safety over the top. And it was rather obvious he did it because just a couple of those touchdowns, I mean, it was just, it was bad ball, man. It was bad ball. But they were able to, since they did play well and, and kept Oregon out of the end zone in the first half, they were able to get away with those mistakes. But man, I wish. Just for Odom's sake, like I wish they wouldn't have had that third quarter, like and given up all those points because I thought he called a hell of a game and like they they were playing at a pretty high level. Although a couple of the edge guys, like I, I thought this was a big opportunity for Reggie Grimes. I I wasn't overly impressed with the way that he played in this football game. I, I thought Stripling did some good things, right? I, I thought he was disruptive. Jalen Redmond even was a little, little more quiet than I was hoping he would be. Although he he had some some disruptive plays in this game, but yeah, there's you, when you think about and I uh, I know the twenty twenty two seasons a long way away, but you're hoping to see some growth. And I, maybe I'm being a little too critical, and maybe it's because it's three thirteen in the morning and I'm grumpy. <laughs> well. I, I don't think you're being too critical. There's there's some things that absolutely cannot happen. You cannot be on one knee, turned around looking at the linebackers when the ball snapped. Like we saw it in the very first series, Oregon's gonna go up tempo on us, right? So whenever that's the case, you have to be ready to play. And multiple times throughout the game, our defensive line was just absolutely not ready to play whenever the ball snapped and we get blown off the ball. Um, our edge guys, you know, not disciplined in how they played some of the run game on, on the outside. You can't fly up the field, pass everyone and leave a gaping hole behind you. You can't just run up the field whenever you're unblocked. You have to shut it down and close space between the end guy on the line of scrimmage. It's, it's just how it has to be. Um, if you've got pullers coming at you, you have to go physically set an edge and anchor the defense. You can't open the gap massively to where. Um, you know, the running back never even has to slow down. It, it, it kills everyone behind you trying to fit the play. Um, you know, backers at times need to be able to come downhill more forcefully, need to be able to find the gap, hit the gap. Um, but I thought for the most part, the, the edges of the defensive line is where we're going to need the, the most work. And that's obvious, I know, because... Isaiah Cousins and Nick Benito are two edge guys have been two of the best players in this defense for the last couple of years, and they weren't there. I understand that. But if you want someone to sit here and tell you that it's okay and that's good enough to play like that, you got the wrong guy because it's defense 101. And I don't care if you're a third, fourth, or fifth team guy. You've got to be able to do those things. You've heard it coached in a meeting room somewhere between 10 and 100 billion times. So – follow the coaching points, have discipline, and play with the proper technique. 
your you just made a lot of great points, but all anyone is going to tweet you about is the fact that you just called Isaiah Thomas Isaiah Cousins. Oh, sorry, and and it, it's late, people. And Teddy's already on on the basketball season, even you know years ago. Isaiah Cousins. I wonder what he's up to now. Oh my gosh! All right, <laughs> let's finish thing finish this thing up. But first, you own a business. If you do, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing and will design a cost-effective comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best-in-class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. And if you are a whiskey or bourbon drinker, stop what you're doing, head to your favorite liquor store, and buy some Balcones products you got to grab some of Balcones Lineage Single Malt Whiskey. It was just voted one of the top 20 whiskeys in the world by Whiskey Advocate, and you'll be shocked by how affordable it is. Also, you got to snag some of Balcones Baby Blue Corn Whiskey. It's made from the blue corn. That's the fancy corn. And that is why it has won more than 25 awards. Last but certainly not least, you got to buy some of Balcones Pot Still Bourbon. Its big flavors make it the perfect bourbon to drink year-round. In 2012, Balcones Single Malt won the best-in-glass competition, beating brands like Johnny Walker and McAllen and became the first American distillery to win the competition. This stuff is the real deal, people. If you love great whiskey and bourbon at a great price, then Balcones products are the only way to go. The whiskey may be made in Texas, but the owners are from Oklahoma. To find a liquor store that has it, visit balconiesdistilling.com. Okay, overall, the goal for this season was not to go play in the Alamo Bowl and win the Alamo Bowl. But with everything that's gone down over the last month, that is about as much fun as I think an Oklahoma team and the Oklahoma fan base are ever going to have with the Sooners playing in an Alamo Bowl. I hope we never come back here. And the the Alamo Bowl people, they've been great. Great hosts. Everything has been fantastic. Fun city. I actually love that field. I thought that field was awesome to to watch and cover a game. It it was cool. And uh, the press box was as low as you'll ever find. Like it, it was it was great. But all things considered, this I really hope this is the last time we come to San Antonio to watch Oklahoma football play, even though it was, it was so cool to see Bob in his element again, and to see how the players responded to him and to get to spend all the time, you know, with uh, a bunch of the staff and like there's guys on the staff that are, you know, considered lower level guys. And a lot of those guys are going to USC too. It just, it, it hasn't been made public yet. So, Got to go where the job is. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them really didn't, you know, have much of a choice. So it was, it was very fun for me. And I know for a lot of those guys to get one last ride 
uh, as a staff for this game. And man, it's always way more fun ending the season on a win. That's just that's just the truth. So I know it didn't go perfectly defensively in the second half, but this offense scored a lot of points. It's an extremely entertaining game, and I was happy that you know, considering all these the weird circumstances, that they were able to they were able to get a win. Yeah, yeah. Um, it caps off the probably the craziest season of football I've ever covered or really followed, been a part of. Um, when we started this thing, there's no way we would have thought that we'd be happy with the Alamo Bowl win. But I think we're going to look back on this because I honestly believe that we are about to – Oklahoma's about to go on a run. And I think we're going to look back at this Alamo Bowl year, and it's going to be a special one. Right? We, we went from – I think it's hilarious that our fans – Hated this team when they were 9-0 and and undefeated, right? And then ended up loving the fact that they were in the Alamo Bowl and winning the thing. And I think we'll always remember forever Bob Stoops handing off the visor to, to Brent Venables. That was amazing. That was... <laughs> That was so funny. <laughs> it was great yeah, having to work through the crowd. Is that that was my favorite part of it? But Ted, we can't end an episode without birthday shoutouts. Happy sixth birthday to Voss Smith. Keep repping the Sooners down there in Jacksonville, Voss. You're 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 doing God's work. Happy birthday! Six is a big one. Happy fiftieth birthday. The big five zero to Joe Lerner. Happy birthday, Joe. Happy 20th birthday to Peyton Andrews. Happy birthday, Peyton. 20th. Happy birthday, Peyton. Happy 42nd birthday to Carla Whitaker. How about that? Happy birthday, Carla. Happy 27th birthday to Nathan Kuhn. We got so many birthday shout-out requests this week. It's amazing. Happy birthday to Nathan. Happy 21st birthday. Oh, that's a big one. To Abby Payne. All right, Abby. Be safe out there. Happy birthday, Abby. Make good choices, Abby. And, oh, we, we've, got, uh, we've got an interesting one. Congrats on being born to Everin Jet Anstey. Everin Jet Anstey. Congrats on uh, being in the world, man. Congrats. Uh, that's the, the legit birthday shout-out. Congrats, Everin. And um, be a lifelong, lifelong listener, hopefully. Yeah, let, let, let's hope so. Happy first wedding anniversary to Ricky and Tiffany Stover. All right, one year. Going Nicely strong. Nicely done. Nicely done. Impressive. Uh, I, I put that one before this one uh, for a reason. Happy 30th wedding anniversary wow. to Tim and Diana Moore. Whoa. 30's a long time. Congratulations. You love each other. Keep it going. And then happy 30th birthday to Remington Walls, who got in the last-minute request. Congrats, Remington. Oh. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Remington. <sighs> I'm tired. Episode 177 in the books. <laughs> I have just decided we are taking this weekend off. <laughs> we'll, we'll be back with a new episode on Thursday. Is it because reminder- I called Isaiah Thomas Isaiah Cousins? 
Yeah, that that I'm was only the, on my fifteenth hour of radio straight right now. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was the breaking point. I was like, we gotta we gotta take some time. Uh, you can hear Teddy from two to six on ninety four seven The Ref. You can hear me from three to five on Sirius XM Big Twelve Radio Channel three seventy five. Hope you guys enjoyed the game. Have a great week. Until next time, we appreciate y'all for listening. And do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Just one more time